Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Laura Froyan. And on this week's episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we're going to be talking about a topic that I think you're really going to love. It's one that I get asked about a lot. So we're going to be talking about how to move away from a punishment mindset and embrace more respectful, related, and reasonable discipline. So I think there's a big misconception that, you know, respectful, positive parenting is permissive, and it is not. And so we're going to bust that myth today and help you figure out how to actually have limits and boundaries that are respectful and empathetic and compassionate and that work for your family. And to help me have that conversation, I'm bringing in a guest and colleague, Wendy Snyder of the Fresh Start Family Podcast. And so we're going to have this conversation. I'm really excited to have her here. Wendy, welcome to the Balanced Parent Podcast. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. It's just so great to meet. I've admired your work for a long time and I'm just really excited to be here. So yes, I'm Wendy Snyder. I'm the founder of Fresh Start Family. We are a digital education company where we help families all over the world uh, expand their parenting toolkit, I like to say. So they are truly at choice with how they raise their young little human souls and they feel confident in a way that they can do it with confidence and with firm kindness, connection, confidence, and with firm kindness. So really finding that middle ground between that too firm and too kind, which really too kind never exists, but you know, the permissive side of things and doing things like too heavy handed. So a lot of parents have trouble finding that middle ground. So that's what we specialize in. And I just love being an educator of this work. And as you mentioned, also have a podcast called the Fresh Start Family Show. So yeah, it's my jam to encourage families. And I love it. I just I love, love, love being able to expand our parenting toolkit so we can really do things by choice instead of just relying on a lot of the hand-me-down parenting tactics that most of us inherited, right? Yeah. I, okay, so let's jump in right there because I think lots of us came up in families where more punitive punishment-minded measures were used on us. And we know we don't really want to do that. We want to do something different with our own families, but we don't have a lot of models for what that is. And it's easy to slip back into it. The thinking like, well, they need to learn a lesson here. So what is a punishment mindset? Just kind of what, like, and how can we tell if we've slipped into it? 
Yes. Well, it is so common and it is so, I don't like to use the word hard. I've actually taken the word hard out of my language. And it's been so fun over the last year to purposely replace it with, with other words, but it is such a journey to replace a punishment mindset with a compassionate discipline mindset. And gosh, I mean, you empower your community and your listeners so much with the ability to have grace on yourself and to be able to give yourself some time, right? Because it can take a while. It's such a knee jerk reaction type of thing, because I think a lot of it just has to do with limiting beliefs. We believed from a very young age and it's kind of this idea that where did we get the notion that in order to make children behave better, we must first make them feel worse. But many of us who grew up, you know, with parents who loved us so much and they just didn't have more tools in their tool belt. So they really thought that you, ha- you do have to make a child feel worse in order to make them behave better. And so we kind of started adapting and, and thinking that was the way from an early age too. So then we become adults and realize, gosh, we do have another option. And we don't want to believe in that myth. We don't want to have that, that scarcity thought or whatever it is. And it can be really a journey to shift out of it. So a punishment mindset to me is the idea of thinking that a child has to pay the price or that there has to be some type of pain or shame inflicted in order for them to really learn the lesson. And I like to think of punishment as really rooted in the past. So if you were to just do a quick Google, punishment comes up with words like retribution, making sure the price is paid or Mm -hmm. someone is like doing their time, things like that. Whereas when we shift into discipline, it's more future-based. So punishment is about the past in my opinion. And discipline is about the future and looking at that. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Do you want to build for your kids instead of teaching them or telling them what they did wrong? It's like, here's what we want for you. And here's how you do it. So instead of like the stop it, which is the punishment mindset, it's the how to, which is the discipline mindset. Oh, that's beautiful. So I don't know about you, but I feel like I've seen a lot, you know, in my own growth and work and in the families that I work with that as they are releasing a punishment mindset that they also have to release a control and obedience mindset. Have you seen that too? Heck yes. Yes. The idea like uh, that there needs to be instant obedience, right? That's something that I think jacks us up so much as humans, because in my work, it's like, you know, I see mistakes as opportunities to learn. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that is the best way we learn as human beings, as kids, as business owners, right? I mean, I love your thing you did the other day on social where you were talking about the, the like, the encouraging voice that we all have inside and then the discouraging voice inside. And that's like, comes up with me all the time in business. I'll make a mistake or something. And right away, it'll be like, oh my gosh, you're such an idiot. Why did you do that? That was a waste of money or you did that wrong. And you have to retrain yourself to be able to listen to the other side, which is, this is just an opportunity to learn. Mistakes are great chances for that. And a lot of human beings, especially kids, they learn by doing, especially our kinesthetic kids who are always the ones who are moving, jumping, kicking, hitting, like all those things, they actually learn by doing to become more comfortable with the idea of a failure, so to speak, or a mistake, not being the end of the world, but just an opportunity to redirect a child, teach an important life lesson, show unconditional love, 
And you can do all that by holding strong boundaries. I think that that's the thing that a lot of people have difficulty believing when they're new to this world. Can you dig into that a little bit? So how can you have firm boundaries and good limits and all at the same time not use punitive measures? Like what does it actually look like in practice? Yes. So one of my favorite things that I teach my students inside of my bonfire support program is what I call like a cookie formula sandwich. I don't know why, but I picture a cookie with like icing in the middle. That was my favorite cookie when I was little from the mall. I grew up in on the East coast in Maryland, but I like to say, you know, the boundaries hug it. So it's like, we definitely need to be firm with our kids. They need to see us with confidence around our boundaries and our limits. And that's a whole journey in itself, right? To have that confidence. But when you show up with confidence of like, I am not okay with you hitting your sister, your shoulders are back. You are firm. You are confident that in our home, we do not hit. We do not use our hands to solve problems. And then you, the middle, the little cookie sandwich is connection and mentorship. So it's like, It's that feeding into that child's belonging, that sense of belonging or that need to belong, which is you're not an alien. I can see why you're so mad. I know your sister sometimes gets in your stuff. I get you. You're not alone. And here's how I'm going to mentor you. And you're going to learn. You need to learn. I will help you learn how to express what you want or share how you're feeling with your sister or tell her to get you know back out of your room. I will be there with you. Connection and mentorship. And then it's, and I will not allow you to hit your sister. So we all need to take a calming break. That's kind of an idea of like what the approach looks like. It's like firmness, but that it's connection and it's teaching combined with a lot of self-regulation and calming, which is what I find for my parents, the the parents I work with. That's a huge part of where we spend our time is just the parents developing the self-regulation to be able to show up in that capacity in the first part. But then we come in with like, what are the actual tools? And that's what we teach the four R's, which is when it comes to logical consequences, which is part of what we teach inside of our compassionate discipline toolkit, we like to call it. The four R's is when you use you know, a a strategy or a tool with a kid when it comes to disciplining, you want to make sure it's related, it's respectful, it teaches responsibility, and it's reasonable. So a lot of parents, like right away, you'll know if you're in a punishment mindset, if it has nothing to do with it. So big sister hits little sister, and right away, they get their iPad taken away. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? That's just about control. That's just about feeling like in order to feel powerful, you have to dominate over your kids Mm -hmm. or there's a whole bunch behind it, but that's actually not going to teach a child self-regulation around her hands to herself when she's PO'd at her sister. Mm -hmm. So that's just one example. Within there, we have a few different favorites. Role plays is one of my favorites with kids, actually like sitting down, especially with littles and having puppets or with my little guy used to be matchbox cars. Like if you got in trouble for talking in class, we'd line up the matchbox cars and we'd practice. All right. So when you're at an assembly or so-and-so, and we'd actually a lot of times do it the way he got in trouble. And I'd ask him, how did you feel? What did the teacher say? Like, you know, were you embarrassed? What do you want to do tomorrow? Like, how do you want, how, how do you want the day to go? And then you redo it with the puppets or the role plays or the, or the Legos because kids learn so well through play. They love play. So that's one idea. And then redos as one of my students, little girl called it rewinds where you actually like stop your kids and you're like, whoa, 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 I'm not okay with you saying that to me. So let's back up. 
And we're going to try that again. Again, connection, empathy, firm boundaries. I love you. And I don't think you really meant to say you hate me. I think what you meant to say is you feel really mad right now or you feel hurt. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to try that again. We're going to do a, a redo. And, and in the middle, you might need to go do some self-calming because not everybody can learn when they're in like a freak out mode. But redos are spectacular for leaving new imprints on the brain. So instead of dropping your kid off for school and everyone's like mad at one another and you're like, get out, we'll talk about this later. You do a quick redo and they walk into their day with a fresh imprint on their brain with you asking for what you want and showing what you want. Those are just two examples of what logical consequences that are firm and kind can look like. Yeah, I love those. And those are really careful teaching moments too. I think that logical consequences, I think that the related and the reasonable piece and the respectful piece, what was the other R? Sorry, related, reasonable, respectful teaches responsibility and responsibility. Yeah. So, I mean, like I'm thinking about, you know, for younger kids who like if a mom or dad finds their kid drawing on the wall, you know, a great logical consequence is that crayons get put up high until mom can actively supervise. Like that's a beautiful logical consequence. Yes. Uh, And you frame it as we're taking a break. We're going to take a break until we develop the skill set around this. And you take responsibility for not having the time to teach it yet, right? Like that's a big thing I love to empower parents with is like the responsibility portion. Is it, I know it sure seems like it, but it's really not all their fault. (laughs) A lot of times we've either modeled it or we just haven't taken the time to like teach them the self-control lesson. And sometimes they just are curious and they mess up. But I like that language of let's, we're going to take a break, not all right, that's it. You're done. No more crowns for you. I say crowns. (laughs) No, that's totally fine. I agree so much. And I love that framing the responsibility, like recognizing where our responsibility lies. Like if we don't want permanent marker on our floors, we don't leave permanent marker accessible. And, you know, I mean, in those like, so there's lots of different ways to state a limit around those things. But just saying like, oh, I see you're having a lot of fun drawing with those crayons. I can't let you draw on the wall and I can't supervise you right now. So I'm going to put the crayons away just temporarily until I can be with you. And then there's also this piece of like recognizing the underlying need that they are communicating to you that drawing vertically like while you're standing and those big arm movements on a wall that is a thing that kids need to do that's a gross motor movement that they need access to so there's lots of ways that kids can get that without messing up like your paint job on your wall although not all parents care about those things too and that's the other thing like i think is so important is that like we get to choose what our limits are not all parents care about art on the walls or they might you might redirect a kid to be like this you can't draw on your walls you know the walls in the living room if you need to draw on walls go into your bedroom you know like those are some parents are fine with those things it's I guess we get to choose our boundaries right and our limits yeah and the drawing on the wall is a great example I mean we could go like so deep into this I love this subject so much but another logical consequence is that they have to clean it up they have to help you know so Mm -hmm. they figure out you know they might like crayons for me that I love those magic erasers that, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. they have to do a few jobs around the house and they have to save up a little bit of money to contribute to the $2 purchase. The next time you go to the grocery store of the magic erasers, which work really well on crayons, and then they help you, they help you clean up, but a lot like 
again, it's, it's related and they're actually learning the responsibility piece. So if you make a mess, you clean it up. It's just so clean when you're teaching your kids that way. And it's such a journey to get out of the freak out point. Cause a lot of times, like I have clients who they've been, they'll been working with me for a long time and they'll still, you know, eight months later be like, what is this piece of me that just when I yell or when I see the crayons are on the wall, it's like, I feel like I have to make sure they know how upset I am. Mm-hmm. And it's just something we get to shake over time if we're willing, because you can let a child know that you're not happy and you don't need to scare or intimidate them or feel like you have to create an unsafe environment in your home. Right. And teaching the healthy boundary of emotional responsibility that we're responsible for our own emotions that when this yes I'm frustrated and it's my job to take care of it it's not your job to fix that for me so important heck yeah okay so something that I see a lot and I've never been able been able to really have this conversation on the podcast before but I see people mix up natural consequences and logical consequences can we just clear the air a little bit on those do you have a a way that you teach parents the difference between a natural consequence and a logical consequence Yes. So natural consequences is when you don't have to intervene and life does the trick, (laughs) which is always going to be the best way. So whenever we can, so this is when we resist the helicopter parenting and we actually Mm -hmm. like, we always say you don't want your child to get hurt for sure. And like, if you've asked them to put on their shoes 50,000 times to scooter and there finally comes a time when they stub their toe a little bit, that stubbing of the toe Mm -hmm. is actually going to teach them way more than your nagging, threatening, bribing, and all the things to put the shoes on. So yeah. So natural consequences, again, is always our first go-to if we can, but you have to have the courage to allow your children to fail and then not rub it in their face. So it looks like instead of saying, well, see, I told you that's what happens. That's what happens when you mess with your brother. That's what happens when you pull the dog's tail. No, I told you so. It has to be like, ah, the dog just bit you. Looks like it hurt. What did you learn from that? And I just actually wrote about this yesterday on Instagram. Like what different choice can you make tomorrow? Not a better choice, but a different choice. Like what different choice can you make tomorrow? So you don't get bit by the dog, (laughs) you know? Just about last week in our membership, we had a real life example of a perfect natural consequence that was intense, but it was good. One little boy whose whose family is really diligently working hard to end painful generational cycles in their home, Mm -hmm. but they have reactivity going on and it is deep. And this little guy, man, what a journey he's on. I love this kid so much, but he's eight now and he was at the pool and they were his friends were like playing pretend dunk. You know, I hate that game in the pool. And he got so mad that he came out of the pool and he said F you to one of his friends. And later, like he went to knock on the door the next day to play. And the mom was like, "Mm -mm, you can't play with my kid. So Mm -hmm. the mom didn't have to do anything, even though it didn't, (laughs) it didn't quite unroll as cleanly as it should have, because it, it became a pretty dramatic in their home. But That is the example of a natural consequence because your child messes up and he's not allowed to play with another little boy for a while. And you get to support him through those Mm -hmm. really intense feelings and help him learn the self-regulation skills. So when he gets angry at someone trying to dunk him, which please child, 
do get angry. Don't let someone act like, act like they're going to drown you for fun. Speak up for yourself and let me teach you how to do it in a way where you're not going to lose friends over it. But mom doesn't have to intervene. You don't have to double down on the, Mm. whereas logical consequences is when you do need to step in and you're supporting your child to learn the lesson because life is not necessarily going to be able to do it just instantly. Yeah. I think that that's something that's so important. And so, you know, important to, I guess, to highlight and to understand is that there's not always a logical consequence available for every scenario. There's not always a logical consequence that we're willing to tolerate, like the, or sorry, a natural consequence that we're willing to tolerate. Like the natural consequence of a kid consistently running out into traffic is that that kid is going to get hurt. We cannot let that happen. Right. The logical consequence is that if you've got a runner, that runner is holding hands, that runner is strapped into a stroller, that runner is strapped on your body. You know, there's those are the logical consequences there, you know. And then there's also natural consequences that take too long for young brains to remember and tie together, you know, so like the cavity. Yes, a cavity. Exactly. My favorite example of a natural consequence in my house, we used to do bedtime snacks with my little ones as they were weaning from nursing. And so my youngest was about two. She just finished weaning and she was having a banana as her bedtime snack most nights. Um, She was eating a banana. We would be reading, she'd eat the banana, and she'd just drop it off the side of the chair. And every night, you know, it was a situation of like, we can't just throw the banana on the floor. Let's pick it up. Let's throw it into the trash. You know, every night, you know, the good logical consequences. But one night I forgot that she had done it. She ate it quickly. We read a long story. I forgot that it was on the floor and we have hardwood floors. And so she popped up to go brush her teeth, went running out, boom, foot on the banana. And it was like watching a cartoon. It was the whole, like, you know, and I would never have, it was never, it wasn't on purpose. It was a complete accident. That child has never, ever forgotten to throw away any trash, ever. And that was was four years ago. She's still like, and whenever she finishes anything, up she hops, into the trash it goes. She's never forgotten it, ever. It's such a beautiful example, Laura, because as parents, we have so much power, whether that turns into like, that's what happens to you. When you make a mistake... That's what happens to you. And a lot of us got that message when we were young, right? And it's like, you go up to an adult and you're wondering why, like, it's so hard to take risk in your business or with life or a conversation. And you're like, just the fear gets instilled young from like, you better not mess up. But you know, when you're, when you have this beautiful knowledge that we have access to today and you realize that you can just come beside a child and say, gosh, that looks like that was hard for you. What kind of different decision can you make tomorrow? Because you've got this and let me help you take care of you. What do you need to take care of yourself? Do you need an ice pack for your head? Yeah. Thank God you didn't break a bone. I know. <laughs> but it's I mean, so it's, beautiful. And like, I don't even know that it even has to be that overt even for some right. kids. Some kids do need help making those conclusions, but for some kids, it just is a wow, that was scary. What happened? I I slipped, mama. Yeah, you slipped. You slipped on the banana peel. I throw it away. (laughs) Like, and and that's just it. Like, yeah, I get up and throw it away. And and it was over, you know, and it doesn't have to be complicated. And I, I think one of the things that really these natural consequences help us do is to take heaviness and weight out of our relationship that we don't have like our relationship does not have to bear the brunt of like negative learning right so the the example from your community her 
that child got to experience compassion and support from their parent, their relationship did not need the burden of an extra punishment or an extra, you know, you said that word, we're losing screen time. Like they didn't, that relationship didn't need any extra burden at that point in time. It didn't. And in my experience, that's what allows children to actually learn it. Because uh, when you bring in the extra double dose, shame gets introduced. Mm -hmm. And as soon as shame gets introduced, it freezes us as human beings. And then you have, whether it's a child or a parent, they're not able to make a different decision tomorrow because they're stuck in shame. Like what's wrong with me? I'm so stupid. People hate me. No one likes me. And it just like jacks up our system. So that family is a perfect example of like, they are not going to give up. They didn't quite nail it on the head that day. They, they, it turned into a big power struggle and all these things. And I'm so passionate about coming back and supporting families and saying, yeah, you can, when your child makes a big mistake out in the world and there's a possibility that natural consequence might be there, you can support them and you can help them through like the really intense emotions they might have around it. Cause this little boy had like a flipped out about it and he wanted his mom to like go over there and make them play with him. I mean, he's really working hard to develop his self-regulation skills, just like his mom and dad are. It's just some kids can like, you know, there's big emotions involved. And I think the more practice you have, you can support them because it's not always so pretty and in a box of like, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of emotions involved and there's, they're learning, they're still learning, but the more we can come beside them and make it about what are they learning? We're here to support them. And that's, that's how it works is like really can be clean. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I think that that's something I just want to say like over and over again, you are allowed to be human. You're allowed to screw it up. It's never too late to walk something back too. like, there are plenty of times where I like catch myself three minutes too late in a punitive mindset too. Right. (laughs) I'm like, oh man, you know what? Dang it. That was a threat. I'm sorry. That's not what I want to do with you girls. Let's give me a second. Okay. All right. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. We're not going to do that. We're not going to, you know, that didn't feel good. That didn't feel good to you. It didn't feel good to me. That's not how I want to show up with you guys. It's never too late and it's never done, especially like you were saying, some of your families are undoing big multi-generational patterns. They're really doing a lot of healing for not just for themselves or for their immediate family, but for their entire lineage. A lot of healing happens in parenting. And I think we got to be really patient with ourselves. Yes. I mean, it's literally like, (laughs) I have a tendency to get really intense about it, but I don't care. I mean... When parents step into this and like really show up, it just lights me up because it is like big stuff. I just had my neighbor yesterday share. She lost her best friend three years ago to a domestic abuse situation Mm -hmm. where both of them lost their life. The husband came in and took her life and then took his own. And I was just thinking about like how many families are never able to break that rage cycle that rage, right? Like that's just one example of like when a family shows up to do things different, especially when it comes to punishment, like it's like literally changing the world. I just think of like that same family of like this little boy has experienced really intense rage in his life. And so has his parents. And I just get to support them. We all get just like you and I, or 
It's like to support families who are like, I'm going to change this. Like the buck stops here. Like we're going to learn what to do with anger and we're going to learn how to process it effectively. We're going to be in this together. We're never going to give up on one another. And sometimes it's going to be really messy and we're going to keep starting fresh as many times as we need to. We can do this. We're together and we're just going to keep learning. But I just, that story like was like, man, there's a lot of people who don't get that opportunity. So what a blessing it is when you do hear this message and you do say yes. And you do say, yeah, I've got some stuff going on that I want to change. I don't want to react to my kids anymore like that. It's so brave. I don't know about you, but I feel constantly just so just in awe of the parents I get to work with. Yes. Don't you? They're yes. so brave. They're so brave, so willing to look at themselves, even when it's hard. You know, oh, man, I just. Yep. We're so lucky. Sorry, I listeners. Know. We think you're amazing. <laughs> we're, yes. we're just going to gush for a second about how wonderful you are, my dear, beautiful listeners. <laughs> Yes, I agree, Laura. It's just such an honor, right? To empower families and support them. And I think about this, like we're doing this too. Like, I think that it's so important. I don't know, for me, it's really important that my community know that just because I teach this does not mean I get it right all the 100% of the time, you know? That's why compassion for yourself is just as important as compassion for your kids. Yeah, me too. I mean, Every time I mess up, I'm like, dang it, I gotta go tell the bonfire. Like just last week, I came into my weekly support group and I was like, ah. so I slammed the door today and like a and I like hit the gas like aggressively in my sequoia after the kids were like fighting and we didn't get juice. And that was more of a comical one. I can like laugh at myself now and I just always share with people. But I mean, I've written articles about how I've left bruises on my little boy's arm once and it still to this day, never, like never feels good to tell you to tell people that but it's important that I wrote about it and people were like thank you and that was my easygoing one yeah. I, all my stories are about my strong-willed beautiful little girl who's 13 now and holy smokes like I have another article on the night I threw a book at her thank god it was soft cover and she did not get hurt but yeah I think that's so important when you are spending time with an educator or an encourager is that I just think it helps people when they realize You don't have to be perfect. Everyone's on a journey and everyone has different things they're working on, but you just have to have the bravery and the courage to show up and you get to decide what needs to change in your life. Painful generational cycles, you want to break because it's not always about squeezing wrists too tight or shaming kids. Like sometimes it's about just never being able to speak up for yourself. Like your mom never could, or to never like in in our home, peaceful conflict resolution did not exist. Like there were big blowups, there were big fights. And then the next morning it was like, hi, do you want um, syrup on your pancakes? And it was like, no, one's going to talk about this. (laughs) Like, so that to me is another generational cycle. You know, it's like, well, we can do it differently with our kids. We can have rough moments and then take responsibility, show up with humility, do redos, repair relationships, make amends, and then do the work that we need to do to make a different choice tomorrow. And then that trickles down to the next generation and the next generation. Absolutely. Can I ask you a quick question about, I do get asked a lot for, from families who have, you know, are moving away from punitive measures are moving away from, hitting or spanking or timeouts, you know, they're yelling, they're stepping into more respectful and compassionate parenting. And one of their big questions is, 
how do I explain the changes that I'm making to my kids? And how do I apologize for the past? How do I make it right? Yeah. Do you have anything for those families? Yes. You make it right by keep showing up with an open heart to learn and grow. And I believe that kids learn just as much from what we get so-called right than like at so like just as much from the things we do that we then change and take responsibility for as like the times when we're like, oh, we nailed it or we always set that limit and followed through with respect or whatever. So what you're teaching a small human when you say, hey, look, I want to show you where I messed up and how I realized I'm not okay with that. And I'm taking yeah. responsibility and I'm actually possibly even dropping to my knees and, and telling you that like, I'm going to change. I'm showing up. This is what was done to me in my home. And I'm not going to do it anymore. Thank God I found a new teacher (laughs) and I want to introduce you to her. This is Miss Laura or this is Miss Wendy. I listen to them every week and I spend time with them and they're teaching me how I'm going to teach you without hitting you. And so I need your help. And we're going to learn together because I believe we are learning together. Like I always say to families that our kids are often our greatest teachers. My daughter has been my greatest teacher in life, one of them. And we're learning this together and it's going to be amazing. So that's kind of how I encourage people to show up, show them the books you're reading, show them the courses you've invested in, show them how to push play on the podcast. When you put your earbuds in, I call them earbuds. My kids are like, mom, they're airpods (laughs) but like show them like this is mrs laura's face this is who i listen to each week she's helping me love myself even though i've made mistakes with you in the past but that teaches a child so much it's more about the like you're not damaged goods just because you spent five years spanking your kid like it's so much more important that you show your child what it looks like to learn a new way and pivot and be willing to do that. So those are some thoughts about that. But the thing is, parents need to know is that sometimes it does, it can get tricky. And when you're moving out of it, because if a child has been used to external control methods, and they haven't been control themselves, a lot of times, they will start like either kind of freaking out a little bit and pushing, pushing, pushing even harder to get you to have that response because they're used to it. It's like a unhealthy dance that as soon as you break away from the dance, they're like, wait a second, you're supposed to now come in and yell at me. And then you're supposed to threaten me. And then if I don't listen, you're going to make me listen by smacking me or whatever. And when you say, no, we're not doing that anymore. I refuse. I have a podcast episode called the old way is dead. And it's like, I believe parents, you have to look at it as like, it's just no longer an option. It's a hundred percent out. It can be tricky. And sometimes kids will flare up a little bit more just to keep pushing and testing. And you have to remain, stay the course and then with support. And then you come out of it just so strong. So just know that families that, you know, it's important that you have a support system. Absolutely. I think something you alluded to much earlier that I feel like is a good time to circle back to it. What about that self-regulation piece? So if we grew up in homes where we were obedience, punishment, control was used on us, we likely didn't have a lot of opportunity to develop our own self-regulation, right? And so now we're 
giving kids the opportunity to develop those things by leaving those methods behind, but we also have ourselves to look after. And so do you have any recommendations for parents who are looking to gain those skills as well so that they can get the space to parent their kids differently? Yes. So I think there's tactical things and then there's mindset things, right? So it's like, I always like to envision the like neuro pathway being formed by like actually walking through a forest and like you come to the fork in the road or whatever. And you're like, okay, there's the path that gets you to the river where I want to go for an afternoon swim in the sun. That path sure looks easy. Like it's pruned, it's open. I know how to get there. It's like a, seems like a straight shot. This one over here though, I've heard there's like waterfalls and there's like all these amazing things. And there's like deer on the way, like bunnies and like beauty, just like exotic flowers. And it takes you there too, but it's kind of unknown. And I'm going to have to prune the way that I like to envision. Like that's what you're doing when you're choosing the new way of self-regulation and self-control, especially if it was not, if it was not modeled to you. Mm -hmm. So when someone triggers you, And you are like, now I'm going to take a deep breath, put my hand on. I mean, we teach all these tactical things like pause buttons and heart connectors. You take a deep breath, you find a healthy intention. We teach families to make like calming bags where they have calming bags, their kids have calming bags, teach them to walk outside, all these things. But like when you do that and it feels so weird, it feels permissive. It feels weak. Like you're just going to let your child spit on you. Well, when you're developing self-regulation. You might need to walk in that backyard for four minutes. And for that four minutes, you're going to feel so permissive because you're literally going through the forest and there's like pricker. It's just, it can just be painful in the beginning. So you just have to have this mindset of by the time I prune the path and every time you do it, you get a little bit more confident that you can come back in five minutes to a child who has made a big mistake or had this big emotional outburst. And for that four minutes, you just successfully taught what self-control looks like. Yeah. So it's two things like you're calming your own self-nervous system, which is good for our bodies. It is not healthy for us to have hearts coming out of our chest and heart palpitations and all these things. So you're taking care of yourself, but then you're also teaching your child, like you can be strong, firm, and kind and not be okay with someone spitting on you or hitting you or saying something unkind or even like simple things. It can like, I have a neighbor who was like, we had to start spanking our kid because he was like rolling his eyes and that's blatant disrespect. Mm. So like some families are like, Whoa, you can't just walk away or self calm when a child rolls his eyes. So that is the only way to teach a child how to self-regulate and self calm. It's by modeling it. It is to me. It's the only way. Yeah. You only just, know what you know, what you know and what you see. Kids are so yeah. good at learning from us in that way. Yeah, it is a journey when you are triggered. And but the cool thing is, is kids, they just give us all these opportunities. Like yes. we, the same thing happens with our neighbors and our colleagues or things. But like our kids just give us lots of opportunities to practice. So self calming is actually like the biggest thing we teach in a compassionate discipline toolkit. It's the number one thing I make sure parents understand has to be what they work on first. Always. It has to be. It has yeah. to be first because otherwise you're just going to go down that path that's so deeply ingrained in you. You're just going to get yeah. sucked right back into it. That's yes. Crazy. And it's so strong. If you can just remember like 
how strong it is. Like it is just not, it's just a myth that it's weak because later is always the best time to teach when emotions are heightened. Mm -hmm. Nobody can be a teacher. No one can be a learner. It just doesn't work well. So the teaching needs to come when the brain is like stable, right? Yeah. When the brain is in a state where it can learn. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's goes for both people. The brain that is doing the learning and the brain that is doing the teaching, they both need to be in a nice synced up calm space where they can both be available to each other. Like both of the brains need to be calm. (laughs) Yeah. But in that midterm, while you're, you're doing it, you just have to think of your favorite mentor or think of this conversation and just maybe have some affirmations or something. I am statement of like, what actually makes you strong because culture will tell you that strength is when you puff up on a kid and put your finger in their face and make sure that they know they are not allowed to talk to you or else there'll be a big, that's what culture will tell you strength is. And Mm -hmm. it's actually not strength. True power comes in influencing and motivating a child through connection and all those things. It doesn't come through just overpowering because you're bigger and you can take away more and, and scare them into complying. Thank you, Wendy, for this conversation. This was beautiful and lovely, and I so appreciate it. Why don't you make sure everybody knows where they can find you on social media so they can follow you. And this is something, too, that I feel so called to say, and I think you probably join me in this, is that these tools, what we're talking about here, are something that I want all parents to have access to and to learn, and I don't care who they learn it with. So you yeah. ha- it sounds like you've got a membership in courses. So do I. I don't care who you take the courses with. Go take If Wendy is speaking to you, go take her courses. You know, if... if you want to take them with me, take them with me. I don't go to find the teacher that resonates with you. That is going to hold the space for you that you need to step into these changes. So in with that spirit in mind, Wendy, where can they find you if their hearts are calling them to work with you? Thank you, Laura. The best way I say is right away, just grab a free guide that I have. I love, love, love supporting families with strong-willed kids. My little strong-willed, amazing little girl. Like I said, I found this work when she was three. She's now 13. And I just get so fired up to help parents really see these kids in a light where they can have joy and peace while raising these amazing human souls. So you can grab that free guide to raising strong-willed kids with integrity over on the website, but it's freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash strong-willed kids. That's the best place to start. And then I'm Fresh Start Wendy on Instagram and I'm the Fresh Start Family Show over on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Wendy. This was such a good, heartwarming, kind of life-affirming conversation. So I really appreciated it. Oh, well, thank you for having me. You are such a light, Laura. I'm so grateful for the work you're doing in the world. Thanks for being a light spreader and thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so thanks for listening today. Um, Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review. That really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, That's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. 
All right, that's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.